Welcome to the MedMan Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Hello, and welcome to the MedMan Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Arnoldson. Today, I'm joined by a dear friend, Jim Trounson, the original founder and CEO of MedMan, and now current mayor of Medvale. Welcome to the show, Jim. Nice to be here, Jesse. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. There's there's just so much that we can cover, but I, I'm excited most that we get to give a little bit of history to MedMan to kind of highlight where it came from. And we don't get that from any better place than you, Jim. Happy to talk about it. Yeah. Jim, let's start there. Let's use that as your introduction. Tell me a little bit about where MedMan came from, the, the original idea and what it kind of looked like in the beginning. Boy, I love talking about this. This was back in 1977. And I love this idea from Jim Collins, good to great, as first who, then what. And I think it's so good for us to think about our enterprise as not being a good place for everyone. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you can make it the right place for others. If you're trying to be all things to all people, you're not going to be really good for anyone. So I really was so excited about starting a company where I could surround myself by with people that I liked. And so we really couldn't compete as a small startup company to compete for senior talent with lots of benefits, lots of pay. So we really had to go upstream to find these early careerist folks with potential. And then really designed a system, an environment that would attract the right personality types. I'm so big into inverting, (laughs) flipping things around so you take a fresh approach. And so MedMan was created almost as the opposite of everything I didn't like. (laughs) I wasn't smart enough to have this vision of here's the ideal company. But I knew what I didn't like from previous uh, positions. And uh, I'll give you an example, uh, Jesse, that you're, you're familiar mm-hmm. with. Paid time off, PTO. Right. And so I thought, you know, that just seems unnatural and not aligned with what is in the best interest of the, the company. So we started off early with no paid time off, no sick leave, uh, just get the job done. And that wasn't something that a lot of people liked. But people that wanted that kind of freedom were attracted to come to work for MedMan. Another thing right. that, that had driven me a little bit nuts was this work-life balance of you had personal time, then you had your work time. And so came up with this idea that balance is bunk and let's blend and let's not worry about micromanaging people and having them fill out time cards and applying for vacation. I just get the job done again. Then another thing that I thought was going to be important to attract the kind of people that I want to be hanging out with was that all the team members knew what other team members earned. For example, everybody in the company knew what my total compensation was. And that was very unattractive (laughs) to the wrong kind of people. And so they would self-select out and the right people would say, oh, that's the kind of environment that I want to be in. 
And it worked out, out very well to make the uh, recruiting a lot easier where the right people said, I've got to work here. Where do I sign up? And then we went virtual even before working remote was cool uh, <laughs> yeah. back, back in the pre-digital times. And so it's this idea of getting the starting off with who you're going to have on the bus. And we took the bus in a different direction so that we all worked out of our homes. Mm -hmm. And that worked well because we had the right people in the right seats on the bus. So it didn't matter. Right. Uh, they didn't need to be mentored when they were uh, working offsite. We didn't track work time anyway. So it didn't matter where the bus went <laughs> because we had people that liked being on the bus and they were happy to go wherever that bus went because that really is a variable that you can't predict. And a thriving company is going to go in different directions. Mm -hmm. But if you have the right people on the bus, it doesn't seem to be so disruptive. Yeah. So those are some of the things that I think, Jesse, that work well to create an environment that we could recruit the right people into. It makes total sense. I remember kind of discussing with Molly, one of my partners, one of your early talent finds, that perhaps Jim had just started creating a culture or a team and, and the company just happened around it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, just well, came around later. Yeah. It kind of happened when we weren't looking, but it didn't matter. It happened just fine because we had the people with the right stuff at the company. So, you know, in terms of selecting these people were, I think, such good finds, Jesse. I, I love that idea of hire slow, fire fast. Right. Even though I wasn't so good at the latter and reluctant to hit all control delete and start all over <laughs> with uh, somebody. We had a, a hire up in Alaska that said uh, once he got hired, it would have been easier to get hired by the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think it was a compliment, but I chose to take it as a compliment because it was quite a, quite a process. And I loved what Jack Welsh had, had said at GE that I'm the chief HR guy around here. And I like this notion that human resources is too important to delegate to HR. Mm -hmm. So so I think a leader just really needs to be very involved in the uh, selection of, of talent and right. the recruiting of that talent. That was my most important job at MedMen, the consistent upgrading of our talent. I was always recruiting at mm -hmm. the Apple store, at Starbucks, college speaking engagements, restaurants, banks, the military. I just loved hiring folks out of the military. At one time, we had three Air Force Academy grads uh, working at MedMen. So you don't get too refined about that. You're just always looking for talent. Okay. And I don't care so much about skills. Hire for character and then train for skills. Jim, one of the things that I think most people in healthcare in, in Idaho and around the Northwest can agree on is that you come across these kind of powerhouse people that are now CEOs of hospitals and, and big medical groups, or just, you know, they stand out in their field at MGMA. And a lot of them have come through you and MedMen, and they, they were talent that you were able to scout out early on. Can you tell me a little bit about maybe what you've learned to look for in finding these future healthcare standouts? Yeah, I wish I could explain it better right, or, right. or even know it better because <laughs> uh, 
it's uh, there's a lot of art as opposed to science to this but I'll, I'll tell you some some things that seem to to have worked for me yeah uh, and i am so pleased with the talent that we did find and a, a lot of them graduated on to greater things right and that that's very reassuring but one of the things that i always looked for was empathy and it's a little hard to have someone take a test and get a grade on that. So what I would do is before I blessed a, uh, a hire that we were about ready to make, because I ended up making the final calls uh, kind of till the end of my, my time at Bedman and was very interested in some kind of a quality check mm-hmm. <laughs> that I, w- I wanted to be the final arbiter of. But I would take somebody to lunch, get them in a, in a restaurant setting, and then see if they thanked the wait person that when they poured water for them. Mm. And if they didn't, the interview was over. And so I remember one time, especially, we flew somebody into town as we were recruiting for a chief operating officer, very high quality, high qualified individual, and he didn't pass the test. And so I told him why we were going to hire him. And he was pretty offended that he didn't get the job because he didn't thank the waiter when he was served. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, why don't you just hire someone who can get the job done? Well, that's not the way it works here. We're hiring for character uh, as opposed to all these other things. And you know, I think doctors really don't get this very mm-hmm. well. They're saying, find me someone who's managed a four-doctor cardiology practice before. Yeah. And I would say, if we found someone who wanted to make a lateral move like that, you wouldn't want them uh, anyway. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of finding someone, even from other industries, as I've mentioned, that has the right personality, because that's the most of managing uh, anything, especially a medical clinic is uh, the personnel stuff. We're in a very high labor sort of a business. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it. That's also what makes anybody crazy uh, that's trying to make a clinic work. It's all the people problems uh, and challenges that you've got. So get someone that likes doing that and is pretty good at it. And the rest of it, the accounting, uh, the skills, they can hire it out. There's a lot of nerds that you can hire out, be taught, whatever it may take. But yeah, outsource it, offshore it, and spend all your time on the the people stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we had a game sheet, uh, our constitution, if you will, that I really think explained this very well, and that I would show people as we were recruiting them. And it's a model out of Jim Collins again, uh, Mm -hmm. with a guiding philosophy of your purpose, your beliefs your value, followed by then, if this is the goodness about your company, what are you you going to do with it? The tangible image of the mission and a vivid description of where you're going. And I love this book, Top Grading by Brad Smart. Mm -hmm. And he suggests this scorecard that to fill it out in advance of an interview was very a good exercise because you had to come up with a mission of that job, the outcomes, what would success look like, and therefore the competencies that you need. Now, notice they said competencies, not skills, because you can train for that. 
And we would have a committee that was highly customized to be interviewing along with me. I'd be the, the, the one who would do the interview at the last. And we stole a, uh, an idea from Microsoft. And so we would all see throughout the day when we had a, someone there interviewing what the others were saying. And they said, oh, I've got a question about this. Why don't you follow up on it? So by the end of this gauntlet, we really had felt like we, we knew this, uh, this person before I would uh, meet with them as the, uh, the final, final interview. Yeah. And one of the questions that we would always ask these people is, would you want to hang out th- with this person at Medman U? So we'd have a couple of off-site retreats every year. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty good acid test that we would make the interviewers decide if they wanted to spend time with that person. And if they didn't, that's pretty telling. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't work out. And then another thing that worked out, I think, well for me, Jesse, is to see every opportunity as a chance to upgrade the quality of our staff. Mm-hmm. And because it should be an upward spiral, if it's not an upward spiral, it's going to be a downward spiral. Yeah. Uh, and it's moving uh, in one of those directions. It is. And the next hire that you make determines that upward or downwardness of your spiral. It's a bad sign if the replacement is worse than the one mm-hmm. that they're replacing. I've got an interesting story here is that early on, probably when Medman was maybe two years old, is that a bookkeeper that I really liked was hired away from uh, from us mm-hmm. and into a nicer job. And she's still a good friend. Uh, so it turned out all right. But I was kind of heartbroken by it. So stewing about it, I thought, how could this be a good thing? And the reason, the way I, I resolved that is that of I upgraded that position. If I hired someone even better than her, which seemed asinine at the time. Yeah. But, but here's what happened. So I thought, well, who is the best medical finance person in the Valley? And I thought, well, it's probably the CFO of the St. Luke's Health System. And I hired him. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Cotner spent a great 15-year career with MedBed. But that would not have happened had I not had an opening or talked myself <laughs> into right. having, having a better attitude. Uh, but you've just got to keep hiring better and better people, protect your A players from the B players or worse. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to soar like an eagle if you're working with a bunch of turkeys. Yeah. So that was my, <laughs> my, 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 my job is to... Uh, uh, get eagles uh, to come to work for us, yeah. and then they they recruited better people all the time. This upward uh, spiral that we've uh, we've talked about. Then, in terms of retaining people, I think there's a, a bit of a magic there too. And so, I would have a monthly review with all of my direct reports uh, mm-hmm. because I, I just didn't seem to get around to it if I didn't put it on our on our calendars, and. The questions that you come up with through life are probably more important than the answers you have. Yeah. And so some thoughtful questions such as, what did uh, did you do in the last 30 days that moved MedMan closer to this mission to be the best medical group management option in the Northwest? And they had to come to that meeting ready to say that. Mm-hmm. Another question was, who and why did you nominate for the advancing our values 
award this month. And so we had the AOV award that we gave out annually. It was a big deal. And we ranked every one of our employees on how many votes they got. And I loved it because it wasn't me deciding if I liked them or not. It was their peers deciding if they were advancing our values of respect, integrity, loyalty, and sharing. And I think that helped to keep us on track. And the idea that the team was uh, rooting for each other to do the right thing. And also would ask, uh, what's your five-year career goal and how can I help? So those kinds of things, I think, helped us to have better employees over time and then uh, to recruit and to be able to retain them. And I think to amplify them, I mean, not only just to get the the good employees, how they came to you, but it, it definitely that model of monthly one-on-ones and addressing those key areas every month, I think would take a good person to a great level. Uh, for, for me, for example, I was an okay student, came to MedMan, excited and bright-eyed. I remember sitting down with you and setting those five-year goals that we would address every month after that. And honestly, I think I put something like, I think my first five-year goal was to be in the top three or four level of leadership at MedMan and have a significant ownership. And, and look at, look at you now. By golly, it happened. But <laughs> I remember every month I had to come to that meeting prepared with what I was going to say on what I had done in the last 30 days to move towards that or to move MedMan where it was going to be. Yeah. Well, and yes, I'm, I'm so proud of you and how this has uh, turned out. And for our, our listeners, Jesse was a college kid when he came onto our radar and did a project. And I thought, he's got the right stuff. You know, here's somebody that is extremely talented that we can pull into bed band now because we're not going to have a shot at him in a few years. And so we made Jesse a MedMan scholar. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, we made up a position, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it took and gave you some projects while you were uh, still going to college and then mm-hmm. brought you in as a fellow and then moved you uh, rapidly into a position of responsibility. Oh. So yeah, this is pretty, pretty fun how you can spot talent uh, bring them into your organization, and then uh, keep them around and enjoy watching their career take off. Absolutely. You know, for our listeners, just kind of in summary, the, the benefits of being able to identify the right talent and then having the guts to make a bet on those people, because it's not always easy to just say yes to them. The, the benefits from those are, I think, almost a 10x multiplier in the amount of work you're able to do the amount of people you're able to satisfy as far as customers and the amount of joy that comes from the work of just being around them. And lastly, that the cycle continues. Jim, we now have probably four or five young careerists out of Idaho State University because we follow that model now uh, because it's something ingrained in me to look for that and, and to give somebody a chance from the beginning. So it's definitely a bet that pays off long run for the company in multiple ways. Jim, is there any last bit of, of advice before we head out? Well, I think the how you summarize that, Jesse, really is a competitive advantage is that if uh, leaders will take the time to think through what the environment is to attract and retain good talent and then go upstream 
and find people with potential. That certainly has worked very well for me. Absolutely. Jim, thanks for being on. I appreciate that you come and chat with us about this topic. Glad to be here, Jesse. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Before you go anywhere, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And if you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning into the MedMan Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com.